This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. So apparently, let's, let's move to Dallas, okay? Let's, let's talk about him. Apparently, Tony Pollard is capable of having 20-plus touches in an offense. <laughs> yeah. He took 22 carries for 115 yards and a touchdown. He caught three of six targets. has 28 opportunities, okay? <laughs> Literally the opposite of what his 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 um, offensive coordinator talked about. I, like, come on, dude. Like, this yeah. is exactly what you want to see, right, if you yeah. have Pollard. Uh, this is not the limited workload that his OC was talking about. Remember, he talked about like, oh, 30 snaps. That's all, like 30 plays. That's what we got for mm-hmm. him. You can't do more than that. All right, well, he almost had 30 touches, 30 opportunities yeah. in this game. Uh, <laughs> he was on the field for 72 of 84 snaps. Okay, so That's he was huge. the bell cow. He was huge. He was the bell cow for the Cowboys in this game. Quite the surprise for me and went against everything we heard from the coaching staff lately about Pollard. So if you have Pollard, boom, he's right back up to the elite handcuff that he was. Uh, you know, who knows if Zeke will be back next week. But even if Zeke is back, you know, Pollard obviously is still in play uh, yeah. as a potential RB2, right? Yeah. And, you know, if Zeke is back, sure, he might get the first crack at touchdowns. But at the end of the day, Pollard, you know, looking like an, a great player. And if Zeke were to ever go down again, Pollard is back to that top five top six potential yeah i feel like the momentum has to be swinging towards tony pollard at this point you know the, the question was about whether he could handle the workload he just proved it granted they they went in the half and not a halftime overtime so he got a little bit extra time to register those touches but he we just talked about in the episode i think last week the rankings episode i said that you know pollard hasn't cracked the 16 opportunities threshold this whole season well he just crushed it you know so this is awesome for tony pollard you can see i put it in the headline wow he breaks the 20-touch threshold. Um, I wasn't expecting that at all, his usage. You know, Malik Davis, obviously, he, he's just a guy. I think at this point, you know, they have him behind him just to rotate in. But I thought they'd have a little bit more of him mixed in. Uh, Tony Pollard looked really good. You know, obviously, things were looking great. I mean, I'm talking about my Cowboys offense. I'm talking them up. Things got slow in the fourth quarter and on. But, you know, in the three quarters before that, Tony Pollard was doing his thing. If he scored one more touchdown – you know, took a couple more carries. I don't doubt that he gets in that touchdown. He, he had a good day for you anyway. Um, I'm not sure if Zeke's going to be back next week. I thought he would play this week, especially after the, the bye. They might be taking it really easy with him. But, but at this point, like I think even once Zeke is back, Tony Pollard has to get more carries. I'm upgrading him a little bit. 
Yeah, I, I think you should, to be honest. Uh, and CeeDee Lamb, you know, finally had his big game with Dak. Uh, it's what you want to see, man. Caught 11 for 150 and two touchdowns on 15 targets, 33% target share. The dude's balling out. You know, he, yeah. he did his thing in this game, and that's what you want to see, man. Dak, you know, just keep passing the ball to CeeDee. Give him those targets. So that's mm-hmm. what we saw this week. Yeah, th- this is what we've been waiting for, CD Lamb. I think he's going to continue at this point because now they have a little bit of continuity. And the way that he's getting targeted, you know, he's he ha- he's had a fantastic target share the whole season. The production finally caught up to it. I think this is going to continue to be that way because I think that it was pretty obvious that outside of CD Lamb, they're missing talent at wide receiver. Obviously, Michael Gallup came back, but he just hasn't looked the same. Um, you know, if Odell Beckham Jr. might be in the cards for Dallas. I'm not saying you sell C.D. Lamb high, but I think at this point, even if Odell does go there, C.D. is going to have a role that's going to keep him in the wide receiver one conversation like he is right now. Um, 38 points. I'm not sure he's going to reach that every week, but he has a really nice floor for you anyway, just the way that he gets targeted. So he's a solid wide receiver one moving forward. Like I said, I'm not sure if he's up in that upper echelon just yet. You know, this was really encouraging that he might be able to take that step the rest of the way. He's got a good matchup next week against Minnesota, but I think that he should have a, a much better second half of the season than the first half. And, and we knew, you know, CD was capable of that, right? But we didn't yeah. know what Christian Watson was capable of in the NFL. And now we do. Four yeah. catches, 107 yards, three touchdowns, and eight targets. And that accounted for 40% target share. And remember, Alan Lazard was playing in this game. Okay? So no yeah. coincidence that, you know, this was Aaron Rodgers' best fantasy game of the season against the Dallas Cowboys right a good defense this is mm-hmm. also his first three touchdown game of the season he hasn't had that many games with multiple multiple touchdowns this this year um watson is a must pick up on waivers this week how yeah. many zach you you, you might have paid attention to our league how many times did i drop and pick up christian watson over the last three weeks just i a must lot. have yeah a lot i probably like uh, yeah because i picked him up then he had a concussion dropped him picked him up had a concussion dropped him Apparently, he didn't have a concussion. Picked him back up. <laughs> all that production so, that you missed those past few weeks just came just this week. You know, all, those, much. all the concussion, all those weeks out. He's like, all right. The fantasy gods atoned for their sin in keeping him off the field. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> they, they got it. Yeah. And, you know, hopefully you picked him up last week. You know, we did talk about him last week, potentially picking him up because he didn't have the concussion. And with, with Romeo Dubs going out, opened the door for him to get that full route participation and he did 88 percent route participation 40 percent target share they moved him all over the field as well slot left perimeter right perimeter he was playing all over the field um he's a must pick up on waivers dude like yeah. ho- you know hopefully you picked him up already but if you didn't you got to pick him up and i am i'm breaking the bag on on mm-hmm. on christian watson like you have an early round pick having a game like this on a wide receiver court that's desperate to find playmakers. Rodgers is desperate for number one guy. And, you know, you can talk about Alan Lazard, but Alan Lazard is not a number one wide receiver, right? No. He's not that guy. Um, He's been getting it done, you know? Like, he's been getting, like, the touchdown here, 50 yards and a touchdown, you know, high yardage games. He's been having good games this year, but he never really broke that ceiling, right? Yeah. Christian Watson did in this, you know, in his first game back um, against a good defense. So, whatever fab I have left, mm-hmm. need a wide receiver. I'm unloading it all. It, like these are the types of bets that I want to make. Um, will Christian Watson have three points next week? I don't know, but maybe. Yeah. that's not really what. Maybe, yeah, sure. Like I'm, but in in terms of like what kind of bets you want to make, this is the type of bet you want to make. Yeah, 
Look at Christian Watson and tell me who else on the waiver wire you'd rather have. There's nobody with the upside like him at all. So it's not really a question of can he do it. It's just like, is there anybody else you'd rather have on the waiver wire? You're not going to have that. Chances are he's on the waiver wire unless you're for us where you pick the only up. other guy, uh, you know, that you would consider is Paris Campbell, right? Because yeah. Paris Campbell at this point, he was dropped over the past couple of weeks. He's around 50%, you know, rostered across, across platforms. So he's available in a lot of leagues. Who would you mm-hmm. rather pick up this week? Christian Watson or Paris Campbell? Christian Watson. And is it, and is it close? No. Christian Watson in a heartbeat. It has to be. And did you see Aaron Rodgers? He was fifth so happy. He was fifth so happy. So that's what I'm saying. So that is an indicator to me. I mean, obviously, you know, he's had a couple games. Uh, Romeo Dobbs was able to do his thing, but they weren't winning those games. But when you have Aaron Rodgers fist bumping and the Packers are winning and Christian Watson's catching three touchdowns, you think there might be a little rapport there? You think you might trust him a little bit? I know we talk about trust all the time with Aaron Rodgers and his receivers, but this one looks like it has the best chance of sticking. So Aaron Rodgers, you have Aaron Rodgers throwing the ball and his wide receiver one is on waivers. Like you wouldn't let that go in any other situation. hundred percent agreed, man. So if you're wondering, Hey, can you continue this? That's not the right question to ask. The question is, should I make this bet? The question isn't, should you make this bet? You will. The question is, (laughs) what is his ceiling? Have we seen it? That's what I think. You know, just the rest of the season. If the Packers need to make a playoff push, you know, Aaron Rodgers, he only threw 10 passes at at halftime. That's what it was. He had thrown 10 passes. And then the second half, he picked it up and Christian Watson went off. So, you know, if they start getting back to the passing game, they've been, you know, leaning on A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones a lot because the passing game has just been stagnant. If they found this, you know, weapon here in Christian Watson, he could actually help to bring balance to the offense, restore balance to the force. (laughs) 100%. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Um, All right, let's move on to Cooper Cup, dude. Unfortunately, he suffered an ankle injury. doesn't seem great. We talked about this a little bit earlier, but, you know, we, they, I think they ruled out the fibula fracture. That's that's the hope here. Um, you know, it it's, could be a high ankle sprain. That's what it seems like, and it might be a bad one. This would be terrible, obviously, but it looks like he is going to miss some time. Um, yeah. Not what you want to see, especially in a game where he wasn't – he couldn't get anything going with this other quarterback, uh, unfortunately. But um, if, Cup, if Cup does miss time, you know, this offense is going to be like straight trash, you know. But <laughs> yeah, it's possible that we see, you know, Skoranek – Right in better situations, maybe playing in the slot in that cup role and not putting up cup numbers, but maybe he'll be able to, you know, have some six, seven, eight catch games. Maybe yeah. not for a hundred yards, maybe for like fifty or sixty. It's possible he becomes like a PPR magnet type of guy. Allen Robinson might get some more targets too. Like I'm not betting on a whole lot of targets, but it is possible that Allen Robinson, you know, can potentially move up in that, you know, get that eight, nine target range, be that guy, right? But yeah. not not be efficient with it. That's kind of how I look at it. Tyler Higby maybe as well. You know, maybe he can have a higher route participation moving forward. He caught eight. Uh, he got all eight of his targets for 73 yards in this game. He only ran a route on 60% of dropbacks, which is not a number where you want to start him. I benched him too. Matter yeah. of fact, I benched him. You know what? I benched him in the same league that we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. I benched him. And who'd you in a start? a great matchup. I, I started... Evan Ingram. I I Evan Ingram. 
Yeah. Yeah. How many points. how many Jaguars did I start, dude? Such a bad, uh, too many. bad decision. Too many. Too well, many. Yeah, I'd say too many. I played against in one of my other leagues. The guy had Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, and TJ Hawkinson. Didn't that worked go out. well. Yeah. Or didn't go well? No, it didn't. Justin Jefferson had 35. Dalvin Cook had 23. TJ Hawkinson, he had what 14? Oh, it didn't go well for you. Oh no. Yeah, no. <laughs> I, I played against it. I said, I was like, you know, it, looked- it's one thing to load up on uh on 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 one Vikings. Team. Yeah. It's another thing to load up on the Jaguars. You know yeah, what I'm I saying? guess that's true. Yeah, I hear not that. not so great. Not, not a great idea. Uh, if I yeah. played Tyler Hippie, I probably would have won that game. Uh, <laughs> but also, but let's let's move back. Enough about me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he, he only played sixty percent of dropbacks is not a number that you want to start a guy. But he was targeted on thirty three percent of his routes. Okay, which is kind of insane. Not something mm-hmm. that's sustainable. But there's a chance that route participation goes up now. If Cup is out for a while, they don't really have that many targets, and you know they might have to depend on Higby to catch some balls and not block. As much as he was, yeah, and, and you know Van Jefferson came back. He had the touchdown, yes. but yes. that's he's he's another weapon that they've had. He's been there a little while. He might have a little run, you know, once Matthew Stafford comes back. I'm not overly excited about any of these Rams pass catchers in the first place. Cooper Cup was the offense, and now that he's out, I'm not sure what this is going to look like. Ben Skoranek can do his best Cooper Cup impression. He looks like his stunt double out there, but <laughs> he really I, does. I'm I'm not sure. I, I'm not betting on that. You know, if there's any receivers I think that's going to be relevant, you know, it'd have to be Allen Robinson. Outside just, of that, yeah, what? I don't know why you got me cracking up on the stunt double joke. Like it's, I just that's like, what he looks I, it's like. Hard, no? It's hard to hold it in. It's so true. Because no, every time I, he's he's number eighteen, right? Yes, it's ironic. Yeah, every time he catches the ball, I I feel like it is Cooper Cup. So I, while I was watching the game, I'm like, wow, Cooper Cup's having a great game. But no, no, it was targeted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, look at that target share. Cooper Cup's getting Ben Skoranek seven targets. It's like, man, I don't know. He's been there a while too. You know, they've used him behind Cooper Cup. It's going to be interesting to see because Cooper Cup has been in, he's played the majority of the games, you know, these past few years. We don't know what this receiving core looks like without Cooper Cup in it. Um, I don't think, like I said, anybody's going to jump out and dominate target share, but you know, there's a chance you can have new relevance in terms of fantasy receivers. None of them have the upside Cooper Cup has. None of them have the floor Cooper Cup had. I think that the best that you can see here is maybe a mid-wide receiver two if Allen Robinson can get things going. Um, outside maybe. of that, it's going to be wide receiver twos and threes all day. I feel like Allen Robinson probably won't even be a t- wide receiver two. I doubt it. He'll probably yeah, be a we'll wide see. receiver three at best. Um, Kyron Williams made his debut. Uh, he was second in snap share behind Dale Henderson. So I continue to stash him you know, through next week to see if his snap share grows. He was the passing down back. Uh, only one carry for nine yards, three catches for 30 yards. So four touches, 39 yards, pretty efficient in a terrible offense. So, yeah. you know, I would I would hold on because he could potentially, you know, leap up to the 1A next week, maybe. Yeah. Zach Ertz hurt, hurt his knee uh, in his game. Uh, they believe his ACL is intact, but he'll get an MRI today. It could be an MCL injury. We'll see, but it looks like he is going to be out for some time. Uh, Trey McBride played every almost every snap after Ertz went out, so he'd be he'd be the guy to pick up off the waiver wire uh, if you need a tight end. Uh, you know, just just a reminder: McBride was the best tight end prospect from this year's draft. Maybe the best overall tight end uh, from this from this draft. Dulcich, and you can argue that Dulcich and um, like I see, likely we're better pass catchers, but you know, the the guy who won the award for the best tight end in college football, that was Trey McBride. Yeah, Christian McCaffrey. Let's talk about Christian McCaffrey real quick to close out the podcast. His usage with Elijah Mitchell back is not what CMC managers want to see. Mitchell no. led the backfield with 18 carries. Uh, I think leading the backfield is not a, a good statement. That's not really what happened in this game. Um, uh, but he did 
outperform McCaffrey on the ground. 18 carries for 89 yards. CMC had 14 carries for 38 yards, but caught four of six targets for 39. Not ideal. Uh, no. They both had 19 opportunities. You know, a couple of notes on this, right? A little bit more context. CMC, you know, he, he, he was still second in target share on this team. Brandon Ayuk had 21%. Uh, no, I'm sorry. CMC had 21%. So very solid for a running back. 66% of snaps from McCaffrey. He did run about on 77% of dropbacks, which is absolutely elite, right? So he's going to get yeah. his targets every single week. Uh, to start the game, CMC was the guy. You know, as this game was as this game was close, they were a little bit be, be, a little bit behind at times. CMC was a guy on the field. Later on, towards the end of the game, with the game script changing a little bit, it was Elijah Mitchell getting the carries. Right. So, at the end of the game, that's really when Elijah Mitchell was getting his carries, and Christian McCaffrey. You know, they kind of like, I would say they limited him. You know, in that game because they were like, you you don't have to take these hits. That's right. how I saw it. Um, it makes but still sense. like this. It makes sense from a football perspective, yeah. but this definitely hurts Christian McCaffrey's fantasy value. Not that you're trading I, him, but <laughs> no, 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 you're not. You know, and I'm sure this backfield will evolve like as we go. But it looks like we can't expect like bell cow usage that we saw with CMC in Carolina. You know, as long as Mitchell's healthy. Yeah, there were seven goal line snaps for the 49ers. CMC had five of them. We obviously saw a goal line touch for Mitchell. You know. Uh, near the end of that game he failed to convert um but it does look like mitchell has some standalone value in games that we think the 49ers should be winning in uh because he is that early down compliment to mccaffrey but mccaffrey as long as these games are close in the in the beginning of these games he should be the guy on the field listen you know you drafted mccaffrey to be what to have that 35 point potential right mm. in ppr leagues with this you know you, we might not see a whole lot of that Right, this is a good offense, good offensive line, all that. He's, he's you know, he's going to get his points. But I had him ranked as the RB one this week. Yeah, again against the Chargers, he's not going to be ranked as an RB one next week, based yeah. on this usage. Right, he might be ranked top five, but yeah. he ain't going to be RB one or RB two. This is uncharted territory for Christian McCaffrey. You know, the whole time he's with the Panthers, he was the guy. You know, now he comes in the 49ers, and for the two weeks that he played, you know, he was the guy. And now Elijah Mitchell's back. I think the 35-point potential is still there, but it's going to be really difficult to get there. He's going to have to have a really efficient day um, to get to that point. His floor is much lower, I think, at this point. His floor before was elite. You know, I think it was like 20 points for me. In my mind, I feel like he could score 20 points very easily. Um, Elijah Mitchell getting all these carries. It's one thing if Elijah Mitchell gets like seven or eight carries, nine carries. He got 18 carries. He out carried Christian McCaffrey. It's just like they clearly have roles that they want to use these guys in now. Um, Christian McCaffrey isn't going to be removed from the RV one conversation because of Elijah Mitchell, but he's going to slide down just a little bit. I want, I'm going to give Christian McCaffrey the benefit of the doubt. I'm still going to rank him high, you know, next week because I'm not sure if Elijah Mitchell is going to be getting 18 carries every week. It's his first week back with Christian McCaffrey. We see this happen all the time where we overreact a little bit and then things settle back down to the way they should be. I think Christian McCaffrey could still, you know, get the majority of the touches in the backfield. But if this becomes a trend and Elijah Mitchell continues to get 10-plus touches overall, um, it might be time to push Christian McCaffrey down. Yeah, I'm with you. Let's, let's go over... Let's go over a couple of the running backs real quick before we end the podcast. Who would you rather have rest of season? Let's play a little game, okay? Oh. 
let's play a little game here. Uh, let's go to running backs, and I'm looking look at my spreadsheet here. Okay. Austin Eckler or Christian McCaffrey rest of the season? Austin Eckler. Same here. Saquon yep. Barkley or Christian McCaffrey rest of the season? I'm going to go Saquon. Me too. Nick Chubb or Christian McCaffrey rest of the season? I like Christian McCaffrey. Same. Yeah. And I think that's it. That, that, I think that's, that's about I, it. I think that's that's the end of list, right? So I would say Austin Eckler and Saquon over Christian McCaffrey rest of the season. Mm-hmm. And that's about it. The Which thing for me, bad. I was close with Nick. <laughs> I was close with Nick Chubb, but with the Sean yeah, Watson I, coming back, it's going to be a lot more dynamic over there in Cleveland. So, I, I, you never know. Nick Chubb might be even scoring more fantasy points. Yeah, with with the Sean Watson, right? More it's sustained possible. drives, right? You know, more to. to man, we'll see. We'll see. We'll, yeah. we, don't, we have no idea. Deshaun Watson, we haven't seen him play in like a couple of years, so who knows? Yeah. Um, all right. I, I, you know, just a couple of quick notes before we end it, guys. Uh, you know, Gerald Everett got hurt as well. Uh, he suffered a groin injury. So Trey McKitty took over for him and ended up with six targets. Uh, you know, someone to consider on the waiver wire as, you know, remember, Justin Herbert doesn't have that many targets to work with right now. Yeah. Uh, PJ Walker has a high ankle sprain. By the way, DeAndre Carter, we called him out as a potential, you know, desperate start. But that yep. worked out. Just want to talk about that real quick. PJ PJ Walker has a high ankle sprain, which means our boy, our boy Maker Baker Mayfield will return to quarterback play this week against Baltimore. So <laughs> I guess we're sitting DJ Moore. Yeah, I guess you have to with Baker Mayfield playing. That's the way it's going to be. Yeah, more, it hurts. more targets available. You know, with Robbie Anderson and Christian McCaffrey out, so he's he does have more, uh, you know he's a better play than he was when those guys were on the team with Baker Mayfield. Yeah, but still, not ideal. Anyway, moving forward. All right, mm-hmm. guys, appreciate you guys. Uh, have a great week. I hope this helps you guys moving forward. We're going to be back with our waiver wire show tomorrow at 9 a.m. Eastern time right here on YouTube. But also make sure you catch us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you find your podcast. This will be up. So we appreciate you guys. We'll see you tomorrow. Peace. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company. 